Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 3, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. It is election day in the U.S. If you didn't get out and vote, shame on you. You don't have the right to complain if you don't vote. All right, let's get to the daily chart of the SPY. What's jumping off the page at me? Well, a couple of things. We talked about one of them last night. We had two scenarios last night. We always have two scenarios, maybe sometimes three. One of the scenarios was if we were getting over and closing hourly or daily over the last breakdown candle high, that would open the door to go fill the gap. Well, there's an alternative to that, which is gapping above it early in the morning, which is exactly what they did today, that immediately activates the door to be open for the gap. What door, what gap are we talking about? Right here, the gap we were talking about was 338.22. What was the high today, which was hit in the morning session? The high was 338.25. By three pennies, they fill the gap, and they weren't rejected, they just fell away. That's not bearish, it's just a thing. They filled the gap, they didn't close above the gap, that's normal garden variety market behavior. If they get above and close above the gap, that's more bullish. If they open above the gap tomorrow, that's bullish. If they were to close above the gap today, it would have been obviously bullish. But on the first day, hitting a gap from this far away, it's not uncommon to just hit it and fall away. The market was still up a lot at the end of the day. The S&P 500 finished the day up almost 59 points, 1.78%. That's a big day for the S&P 500. So for them not to close above the gap is not abnormal, but normal garden variety market behavior. Last night, we also talked about a couple of other things. If they were going to fill the gap and things were that bullish, then they could trade up into those moving averages. Well, they didn't do it today. Again, not abnormal, but that doesn't mean they can't do it tomorrow or the following day. Now, we may get a rodeo ride with the election results tonight. That's possible. In fact, by the time you're listening to this video, we may be already getting a rodeo ride. Maybe the market continues up. Maybe it doesn't. We have to talk about both sides of the tape. So therefore, let's talk about both sides of the tape. What happens if we get a big move post-election? Let's say we get continuation. Let's say things are bullish. doesn't matter who wins. The market's bullish. What difference does it make what the name underneath the ticket is? Where would they go if we get another leg higher? A short squeeze, if you will. We talked about the moving averages. What happens if they get above the moving averages? Well, guess what? You have another gap right here. What's that gap? 345, 346 in that neighborhood. Maybe they get there, maybe they don't. The gap is right around 346. In that general zone is a whole lot farther than we close the day here. But as you can see, with the S&P up almost 60 points in one day, there's nothing that says they can't get it all done in the next day or two if they're going to have a continuation, including a short squeeze, which includes pies in the face. In fact, the pies in the face actually create the squeeze, if you will. Panic buying, FOMO, short covering, they're all part and parcel to the melt-up. 
What about the other side? What happens if today was a one-day wonder? We didn't necessarily get the turnaround Tuesday. What happens if we get turnaround Wednesday? What happens if it was delayed a day? If the market falls and they're falling out of bed, they open the trap door, where's that spot where they would be headed? The first spot about 328. If they got below 328 and they started closing hourly and daily below 328, the door becomes open for 318.92. That's the line in the sand. We've been talking about this number for a long time on and off. We talked about it last night. One more time, that's a gap that hasn't been filled. It's ominous to think it's still lingering out there. My contention, and this is just, in my humble opinion, one of those deals, I don't think when they're approaching that gap on the next time down, I don't think they stop there. I think that's a potential hot knife through butter type of gap situation. We'll see. Right now, the market's headed north, or at least it was today. We don't have to worry about the southern stuff unless we wake up to a gap down on Wednesday. How about inside the numbers? And here's what we're going to do with this report today. We're going to cut some fat out of the thing today. I'm going to run through inside the numbers a little bit quick today. We're going to give two highlights. I'll let you see the notes, and then we're going to move it on. In the spirit of keeping things short and simple... It is election day, therefore, I know that we're going to want to see, at least some of us will want to see the pundits discuss both candidates, regardless of which side of the tape you're on. So we'll cut right to the chase as best we can today. It's Turnaround Tuesday. Turns out it wasn't Turnaround Tuesday. Go vote. That was the first thing, wake up in the morning. Wake up really green kind of day with a nice big overnight rally on our hands. So we know a couple of things happens. By the way, we have some stocks on the move. We'll give a snapshot and we'll run through the charts. We had SolarEdge, PayPal, Alibaba, RCM, and Mosaic. There's something to see on every single chart. Let's get back to the commentary. Here's the early thoughts. What you'll see throughout the day, the theme is, or at least throughout the morning, the theme is the gap. So they went and got the gap. Early, early on, you don't know that they're going to run up right away and get the gap. It turned out to be that's basically what happened. However, there are resistance points along the way. What I'm doing is scrolling up and I'm going to give you the cliff note version. Basically, here's what happened. I tried a short trade at around the overnight highs. The overnight highs came in right around 335 in the S&P 500 or SPY. And guess what? That short trade didn't work. It cost me a 50 cent stop out in the SPY. That's five S&P handles or ES handles, if you will. That was one of those trades that I'll describe like this. Given the same setup, I'll take that trade 101 out of the next 100 times the setup is there. However, when you're a trader, you have to have the full and complete understanding that even when you have the best setup on the board, it's still going to work about 80, 85% of the time, maybe a little bit more, but nothing under the sun will work 100% of those time. This way, we understand that the same setup should work the next time, the time after that, the time after that. But when it doesn't work, it's not the norm, but it's still okay. Not every trade works 100% of the time. We lick our wounds, we cut and run, we lose small and fast when we have to lose, and we move on. And guess what? I'll give you a sneak peek. We got it right back later in the day. 
Let me scroll up so that you can pause the video, read the notes, check the numbers, go back to the chart, see what's viable. The numbers are good. The commentary is good. The commentary is designed to be a teaching mechanism. And the reality is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not trying to hide behind a bad trade. I'm not going under my desk. I can't win every trade. Everybody knows that. I'm not a perfect trader. I can't stay in for the whole ride just like you. Everything that you think and feel I've been through before. I may be able to stay in longer than most, but do I ever stay in for the full Monty of all these trades? Sometimes, but not all the time, not enough of the time anyway. I'm a human trader just like you. As a human trader, what was the thought on my mind? I'm telling you, pause the video, read the notes. There's valuable stuff in here. I'm just trying to expedite things so that you can watch the hocus pocus around the election stuff. But here's the part where I'm just like you. I don't like to lose. I don't want to have a losing trade. I had a losing trade. What's on my mind? I got to get it back. Now, that's not the right thought process, but we all know I can say that's not the right thought process, but we all know I'm going to have that thought process. I'm looking to get my money back. So where am I going to do that? And you'll see it come up even before this post, but here it is, 139, no change. There still should be support around 335.40 if reached. So they haven't been there yet. We've been talking about that number for a long time. I said before that that's a number that I'd be interested in. So you got to go back and read the notes. Those of you that read the notes already know that. So here it is, 154, showtime for the Bulls to play defense. Otherwise, they'll fall down to 334. Y'all know the routine. We're switching over to a five-minute SPY chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 335.40 is your line on the screen. No surprise that you see us come into slightly beneath, that's called a spike through that line, and then what? And then they turned around and they went back up in the other direction. Look at this little back test. What's the low in this candle? How about 335.44? So this is where I'm saying in the notes that it's time for the Bulls to play defense. That's support. They're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. That's the way support works. Traders who took the long around 335.40 need to make sure they take at least some profit around 326 and a quarter. And by the way, that's a typo. It's 336, but you all know that. It's near the entry point. It obviously wouldn't be 10 points away from entry. Here's 336.25. So they come down to the 335.40. They rally up and they start to find some resistance around where they're supposed to find some resistance. They go a little bit higher, but they come back down to where? What's the low in this candle? 335.44. Once again, guess what? They go back up to the upside. What's the low in this candle? 335.39. Do we think that general area is important? And the answer is, Yes, it is. Know thy numbers. There's your afternoon trade, folks. I wasn't going to let the morning trade in the SPY get the best of me. We had stocks on the move. That wasn't the point. I don't like to lose. And you know what the reality is? It's not so much me. It's so much that I know what I said in the notes. And I know there are plenty of traders that took the information and took action on that information. And it bothers me that I provided, I handed you a losing trade. I don't like to do that. It bothers me.
Let's finish out the notes here and then we'll take a look at some charts from Stocks on the Move. What you can do is again, pause the video, read the notes, you see what happened. We were talking about buying a certain area in the afternoon. That area turned out to be support within reason, a little bit of a spike through. They went up into the end of the day. Traders took that information, made money with it, made back what they might have lost in the morning and made extra. And that's the point. Nice trade. Shifting gears over to stocks on the move, the first one you saw on the board was Solar Edge. This was a bit of a rodeo ride, but it worked out as long as you're painting by the numbers. So here's the way it worked. 210.65 was the only number on the board. You see, I have a 201.41, but that was after the opening bell. That was after the fact. Had nothing to do with stocks on the move. In fact, you could see they didn't hit the number. They came up short. The low here was 201.56. But think about what happened. We enter the trade at 210.65. We run on hourly closes. Here they are before 10 o'clock in the morning at 217.97. That's classified as a rocket ride. It's not a rocket ride into outer space. It's a rocket ride in the park. If you paint by numbers, you're a happy camper. How about PayPal? So the number on the board was 176.08. Never hit the second number. What happened was it opened the day about 177. Opening print, 177.93, pardon me. Comes down to 176.08, goes below a little bit. That's called a spike through. And then they turn around and they go on a bona fide rocket ride. The high was 188.75. How you doing? Regardless of how long you stayed in or didn't stay in the trade, what we're doing here is pointing out a couple of things. The numbers work, and you never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. A lot of bantering back and forth this morning on Alibaba. Guess what? It opened below all three numbers off the board, even though it went back up. It's off the board. I don't want the trade. If it's not going to do the numbers that I calculate when I calculate them, the thing started melting away closer to the opening bell, and then after the opening bell, they hit it again. So it was off the board because it opened below my last number. Now watch this. You think there are any accidents or coincidences? Check the numbers here. So the opening print is 286.20. My number is 286.27. It opened seven cents below my number, and guess what? It went lower, and if you bought that, you would have felt really bad because it made a low eight bucks or six bucks lower, five bucks lower in a hurry. RCM, paint by numbers. Here's the opening print, 1763. My numbers on the board were 1750 and 1715. You did have a spike. You had a turnaround. You had a rocket ride. The rest is history. The numbers work. Last but not least, Mosaic. So officially, this goes into the shitburger category, but here's the deal. Some platforms show a different opening print. Here's what I've got. I had an opening print of 1795. My number was 1794. My number was incorrect. The thing sliced through everything like a hot knife through butter and never looked back. So it goes into the shitburger category because my numbers are my numbers. The opening print was above my number. It's a shitburger.
Again, we don't run away from our shit burgers. What we do is we try and learn from them. What I do in a situation like this is I go back to Mosaic. I take a look at my work this morning. I do it again and I see where I went wrong. What did I miss? Why was my number wrong? So I'll go figure that out and I'll use that information to put in my vast toolbox full of stuff and I'll use in the future. So I always try and get better. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about this power move today up five bones? $3.48 on a percentage basis. I suppose this stuff includes the after-hours activity. That is what's going on. So the market's up a little bit in the aftermarket activity. As I make this video, the 6 o'clock opening just occurred, so that's where we are. Either way, the IWM was up tremendous today. Guess what? They opened above their corresponding gap. It was an open, above the gap, and go. So the IWM is displaying extra bullish behavior. Guess what? It's my favorite market leading indicator. So here we have a puzzle piece. We put it on the table. If you're looking at the IWM, you're saying, hey, they just ran up and closed above home base, above the 20 period moving average. They opened above the corresponding gap to the SPY. Guess what? We have no choice but to think and believe that this is extra bullish behavior, at least in the short run, right? Day or two or three doesn't matter. It is bullish on its face. So what that says to me is that opens the door, at least in my mind, the awareness is that door is open for that SPY 345, 346 area. If the IWM is going to keep going, guess what? So are the other markets. It's all the same market for the most part, minus an intraday this or that. They all trade together. That's the way it works. Not to the same magnitude, but they're all trading together. How'd the IWM do down at that gap at 152.85? How about a sneak peek over at the RSP, the equal weight S&P index? Guess what? Same routine. They're ahead of the SPY. They're way ahead of the corresponding gap. In fact, we didn't look at this yesterday, I believe, but they hit the corresponding gap or at least came close to it yesterday. What was the high yesterday? 110.06. The gap was, all right, so they came within pennies. They didn't do it on purpose. But then they opened above the gap today and look where they are as it relates to their 20 period moving average or home base. They got there, they closed above it. Those are all bullish signs on its face. Higher numbers are on the docket. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They're saying the same thing. Look where they are. Look what happened today. A big tremendous day up 3%. That's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. It's not an exhaustion move. It's not on heavy volume. It's just up big. They filled the gap. They closed above the gap. That's bullish. So you can see where all these indices that we look at as our favorite market leading indicators, things like that, they're ahead of the SPY. They're leading things in the northern direction. This is the takeaway. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? They didn't have the greatest day. Up 2% is a great day. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of leading things, if you see the transports up 3%, why couldn't the queues be up 3% or even more? They weren't. We're not going to make anything out of that. But we are noting, and it is a puzzle piece, that the queues are in an entirely different position than everything else we just looked at. It is the weaker indice. By the way, I want to make mention of something else. 
So right here, we have a higher low scenario in the Qs and in the S&P. So we made a low, and now, at least for now, we've made a temporary or we've made a higher low. We did the same thing in the SPY. We can go back over there and see. I meant to talk about that, and I forgot, so I thought I would circle back around. And here we have a low, and we have a higher low, at least for now. Doesn't mean the market's going to make new all-time highs or anything like that, but higher lows are a bullish chart setup. It means or it helps contribute to the meaning that they can certainly trade up higher into those moving averages, into 345, 346 zone. By the way, before they got there, maybe a little premature, what is in between current price and 345, 346? Is there something important that would likely provide, quote-unquote, and I'll do the air quotes, overhead resistance and the answer is yes there is why don't we take a look at the weekly chart to do a little lesson learned real quick and here's the lesson you can't take somebody's word for something you have to double check the work i told you 345 346 but on purpose i left out a number that's in between now we're circling back around so some of you will have the aha moment like yeah I can't take anybody's word for it. I have to do the work myself. I have to double check the work. Guess what? You have a pretty big breakdown candle. The high is 342.98. We'll call it 343. So guess what? Under normal garden variety conditions, that's going to be overhead resistance. Remember that gap we looked at on the daily chart? There it is, just short of 346. Do markets like to climb up? Break down candles and down break up candles. Test the highs, test the lows. Yeah, they like to do that all the time. All charts act and react the same way. Where have you heard that before? XLF jumped over the moving averages, tried to fill the gap, came up short. That's okay. That's not necessarily bearish. It's not abnormal. They just didn't get there today, but they were up a tremendous amount, 2.76%. You have to give them a hell of a day. And as you can see, by the time we get to the XLF, you start to get the point, most of these charts start to look similar or the same as one another. Smash Mouth, not really telling us anything one way or the other, up 2%, good day, but they're sandwiched in between the 50 and 20 period moving average, and they're not really in a position that's clearly giving us anything we can sink our teeth into or hang our hat on. What they did is closed above the gap that was filled that's a bullish sign that's the takeaway from the smh have i told you how much i appreciate each and every one of you without you these videos are not possible that is true and accurate information we're going to pull the ripcord here today it's everything i wanted to and intended to discuss i'm david frost my strategic forecast thanks again for tuning in to another episode of common sense market analysis